0: Okay. Well, let's uh, let's dive in. Good morning. <laughs> it's 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 such a uh, happy Christmas. It's a it's a it's a funny funny time of year, right? We're kind of we're counting the days away. Who's got an advent calendar? Oh, look, all the all the grown-ups are failed to admit it. <coughs> Johnny Johnny scratching his head. He gets his bit of chocolate each morning with his cornflakes. But we're kind of counting those days away, aren't we? And we're kind of, we're longing for the break. Oh, get the break, get the break. And uh, we're nearly there again. Two weeks from now, I wonder what you'll be doing. I'll be in my jammies. (laughs) Elaine's not even here. Uh, They're called jammies, apparently. You call them jammies? I'll be in my jammies, eating me eating my Indian takeaway leftovers Indian takeaway from the night before for breakfast you can go ah all you like but until you've tried it you can't knock it it's amazing and uh I'll be reading my book hopefully a cycling book did you get it for me good (laughs) Jason and Laura Kenny yes good I get to read about two people. It's even better. It's fantastic. So that's what I'll be doing two weeks from now. I wonder what we'll all be doing. We all approach Christmas, don't we, differently. We come with our expectations. Uh, Many of us have had positive experiences and some have had negative experiences. We come with all our traditions. We come with all the different things that we, as we approach Christmas. And it wouldn't be right unless we begin to focus the real meaning of Christmas. The reason for the season. And uh, that's what I want us to do this morning, is just take a few moments. And I'm not going to take some of the scripture that we find in the beginning of the Gospels, which outlines the wonderful Christmas story, which many of us would know well. But what I do want to do is I want to take some time and talk about um, something that Jesus said to his disciples. In fact, he said it on two occasions that we read about in Matthew's Gospel. We're going to read about it from Matthew 16, And the time is nearing to the inevitable. The inevitable meaning his sacrifice upon a cross. This is the context before we actually explain what he actually says. He's beginning to prepare his disciples for what is to come. And we read then from Matthew 16, starting at 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it whoever loses their life for me will find it what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul this is the word of the lord this is the words from our lord he said these to his disciples because he loves them matthew chose to write these words down and be translated into our language Because he loves us. And because in so doing and following and listening and learning and obeying these words, we, his disciples, get to have life in all its fullness. Thanks be to God. The previous passage, if you were to read it and you've got your Bibles out or you've got your phones on, you've got the the scripture there, the previous passage is when Peter actually gets it right. So often he got it wrong, or he jumped in, or he said something, and it was kind of the wrong thing. But the previous passage, he actually gets it right. And he declares in that moment, when Jesus asks the questions to his disciples, who do you say I am? And, Jesus, and Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And uh, Jesus turns to him and says, blessed are you, Simon Peter. That was You didn't get that yourself, mate. That didn't come from within you, your own humanness, but that was revealed to you by the Father. That was a God moment that you got right and well done, mate. And here we are in the next passage, the very next passage. I don't know what the time delay was between the two conversations, but the very next recording we have Peter jumping in and saying the wrong thing. The first thing he said about Jesus, you are the son of the living God, he gets it right because he's leading out of the godliness that God had revealed to him. In the next moment, through the things that he's saying, Peter is speaking out of his own humanity. At the same time, you can understand it, can't you? You can understand Peter's intentions. It's like, no, Jesus, we're not going to let that happen to you. Jesus says, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And then Jesus delivers some of the most challenging words that he spoke. Challenging words for us to hear, but even harder, even more challenging to actually obey and put into practice. Jesus says to Peter... To his disciples, his 12 that were there, and he says to every single one of us sitting here in this hall this morning, he says these words to us. Whoever wants to be my disciple my, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will Find it. Jesus knows where he's heading. He knows what's coming. And he knows in order that we might have life, he must sacrifice all. He must surrender all. And he knows that and is willing to be obedient to the Father so that we might have life. He declares to to his disciples if you intend to be my follower, to be a disciple, to do the things and to go the places where I go, you must choose to lay down your rights. Boys we boys and girls, we live in a culture and society today more than ever that it's all about me, isn't it? It's about my rights, my entitlement, and I'm going to get my way. And what we've done with Christmas, the Christmas story is so much wrapped around us. It's all about me, all about me. And in this moment, Jesus is saying, will you lay down your rights, your ambitions, your selfish desires, your wants, your entitlements, you must deny yourself. And in some cases... Literally, take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow means dying to self. And if you're wondering what that might be, what that might look like, consider these questions. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing some of your closest friends? If it means alienation from your family? If it means the loss of your reputation It might mean losing your job. It might mean losing your life. Commitment to Christ, taking up our cross and following him means to surrender all. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Here's the good bit. Here's where we're going this morning. Whoever wants to save their life, We'll lose it. And boy, we try to do that, don't we? We Try to make things comfortable. Try to get our own way. Try to do this, try to do that. We try, 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 try to save our lives, make our lives the way we want them to be. We're going to lose it. We'll lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. It's a kingdom principle. And we've spoken about this before. The kingdom is topsy-turvy. It's opposite to what the world teaches. This is daft in the eyes of the world, isn't it? To lose our life, that we might find life like... doesn't kind of make sense, but in the kingdom, it makes total, total sense. I understand the correct translation of what Jesus was saying is about salvation. It's about surrendering ourselves and giving our lives to him that we might have life and that we might have eternal life, but I do think it's apt and okay to translate this to mean the simple choices, the little choices, and the larger choices as well, as we surrender our lives, that we might gain life. Um, We've, uh, someone in our church who's in hospital right now, um, he has given me permission to share this with you, Hugo Crawford is, um, uh, is in hospital, he was in hospital and had major surgery, and uh, then he was out, and I saw him at home, and then he's back in, but hopefully home again soon. Uh, I went to see him in the house, uh, Monday I think it was, and uh, just call around, cup of tea, uh, how you doing, and uh, just, I had such a great time with him. And um, he, he, he just said how much he felt the presence of Jesus while he was in hospital, going in, uh, you can ask him yourself, and uh, hope that he'll tell you more than what I'm going to tell you this morning, but just a wonderful time. Then he had surgery, and then as you can imagine, he was pretty sore and in recovery, and uh, he described it as if he, he, it was just a bit of a, a rough time, and you can imagine, and you, you say, that's okay, mate, you know, recover, take it easy. And then he said this, that after a couple of days, he began to take the focus off himself and place it onto other people. And he started telling me how he would uh, talk to the other patients on the ward right beside him, share his life with them, encourage them (coughs) in terms of what he carries in terms of knowing Jesus. And he said when he began to do that, he began to feel much better. He just began to feel um, like, you know, life returned. He said, you know, for a moment, I was moping around and I was this, feeling sorry for myself. But when I started actually taking my eyes off myself and uh, giving it away, life returned. That's this scripture. If you want to find your life got to give it away sure andrea's story was similar it was similar wasn't it it's like life has been really tough really tough and you could have moped around and and said poor old me and poor old you you know let's acknowledge when there's pain there's pain when there's difficult there's difficulty but the courage is to lean into Jesus, lean into community, and give your life away. And as you do that, you find life. And you get life in all its fullness. Jesus came as a vulnerable little baby born to someone that wasn't married yet, into scandalous situations, was probably born in the gutter, on the way to Bethlehem, and had a cow trough as its little Moses basket. Came from heaven to earth, gave of himself that we might have life. And I know, as I look around and I see your faces and I know your stories, many of them, I know that life is difficult, I know it is tiring. I know there are challenges. I know, I know, I know because we face them as well because this side of glory and this side of heaven, we will have trouble. The solution, the life in all its fullness is let's give ourselves away and in so doing, this side of heaven we still find life and gain life in all its fullness. Steve, are we all here? Would you come briefly? Um, I loved last week. Um, last week, those of us who are here and we did the hampers and all the rest. If I'm honest with you, it's the best sermon of the year. I'm serious. Like you know, you, you got the hampers were being made and then they were kind of being put down in the in the hallway there. I just thought, man, that's. That's it. That's what we're made for. Steve, tell us a bit more about who received them on the stories. That'd be good.
1: Yeah, it's just a bit of feedback. So it's that you see or hear where the hampers go to. Um, also Chantel has mentioned about the, the guys at Cap. they were completely blown away. But one of the interesting ones was the, the housing executive emergency housing unit in Carrie care. Uh, last year we gave them hampers and when we give them last year, she said, Flip, this is the first time this has ever happened, really. Nobody ever gives us anything for the people who end up there at Christmas time. And sadly, it's normally women and families who end up there. So, when I'm doing the other day, to let her know we're delivering some more hammer, she's just like, You're doing this a second time. And that just speaks like the lady's thinking, It happened once, it's not going to happen again. And it's happened for a second time, and she's just really impressed. So, it's just to let you guys know. That when you buy either a tub of pringles or a whole hamper or anything in between you're not just buying something you're going to be impacting people and people who have had a bit of a knock and they're in a bad situation so it's just super it really is super and i suppose chantelle took the the cap one It's okay we'll forgive you for that (laughs) but i mean it's just no matter where they're giving into i mean we took some of the women's aid as well and they just said look, even the time that was taken over the craft thing the fact that that was done as well and they just said it's
0: amazing so you guys are amazing man, thank you and, yeah we just wanted to make sure that you knew that that it isn't just about bringing something but it actually impacts people's <laughs> lives through the simple things so we take what god's given us and we give it away we get life as well i would encourage you i would urge you please today and this week, to prayerfully consider who you're going to invite next week to our two services. We produce those flyers, and if I'm honest with you, I kind of think, oh my goodness, I'm meant to help run the show here. I haven't invited anyone yet. But I intend to, and I'm thinking, I'm prayerfully thinking, I'm thinking, who are in my life Colleagues that I used to work with here at school, people uh, that I run with at the running club, people uh, from our kids' football or our kids' rugby, parents of our kids' friends. These are the people that I'm thinking who I think God is maybe leading to himself. They're the ones that I need to either put one of those flyers into their hands or I need to get the image off the website or Facebook. Can I do that? And then just email it or WhatsApp it or do something with it to get it to them and invite them. And I would encourage you, take that which you have received and give it away and do that. And do that this week so that this Sunday, this hall is filled twice with many people who do not yet know the love of Jesus that many of us here have experienced. Christmas is a time of celebration, and it is a wonderful time. Those of you know me well, you know that I'm a bit of a moaner when it comes to it sometimes, but I'm beginning, I'm not beginning, I'm increasingly loving it more, and I'm very much uh, looking forward to it. uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to the food that I will consume lots of and uh, to the drink, and for just, just catching up with friends and family and all the rest. It is right that we celebrate. Absolutely right. It's part and parcel of what, uh, you know, read the Old Testament. It was full of parties, full of festivals, full of celebrations, and it's right that we do that. But in so doing, that we do remember, we do remember what, why we're doing what we're doing. Coming into land. What does it look like for you to die within yourself? What does that mean? What is God inviting you to do? I have just three things that I that I wrote here. as They're just examples and there could be others as well. If money and possessions is a big deal to you, you think about it, you work hard for it, you like the finer things of life that give you some satisfaction, but they never really satisfy, I encourage you to be generous. It's, it's the antidote. It's the medicine that's required. Be generous with what God has given you. If status is a big deal to you, striving to be someone, striving to meet your own expectations or expectations that others have put upon you, striving to be someone, then bring yourself down a peg or two. I don't mean the Northern Irish, oh, I'm rubbish, I'm wick, I'm just a... I mean, you know, humble yourself and invite someone into your life where you can speak (coughs) candidly and openly and honestly to and journey the stuff that's driving you. If security is your deal, minimizing risk, In all areas of of your life, in an attempt to be okay, to be safe and secure, in so doing, you could be killing the God given adventure that He's leading you into and calling you to. Dare to take a risk. That's the medicine. I'm not saying be reckless, go do something bonkers. Take a risk. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life in all its fullness. Gonna end with another <laughs> passage from 2 Corinthians 4, and it just further explains um, this paradox, this uh, this topsy turvy kingdom dynamic. The world says this, but the kingdom says that. Four verse seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side. Who feels that right now? Hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, what a brilliant word. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted be revealed in our mortal body so then death is at work in us but life is at work in